Self-awareness is one of the biggest superpowers that you can have in your life. It's a term which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, but very few really know much about. So what is self-awareness and how do we do it? We're going to be talking all about that on today's episode of Real Talk with Kane Adams. Let's go. Welcome back to Real Talk with Kane Adams. I'm really excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking all about self-awareness. And like I mentioned before, self-awareness is one of those topics uh, or or perhaps terms which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, uh, but very few people kind of know what it means or know how to apply it to to their lives. And so we're going to be talking about self-awareness. It's such an important topic that I want to spend the next four episodes talking about it. So this episode plus three more. Uh, because it's really the foundation when it comes to self-development and mental health. Uh, it's If you don't know yourself or you're not aware of yourself, it can be very difficult to develop or to grow or to know the areas of your life that you need to change or to know the areas of your life where you need to grow from. And so self-awareness really is kind of the foundation when it comes to mental health. And so we're going to be talking all about that today. So let's get right into it. Self-awareness. I want to start off by just reading two scriptures from the Bible as kind of like a foundation as a beginning. Uh, The first is found in Romans 12, verse 3, and we read, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And then the next scripture is found in uh, Ephesians 4, verse 22 to 24. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Why do I read these scriptures? I think they are instructions given to us where self-awareness is required because the first one we read in Romans, Paul says uh, that, everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And the question is, well, so basically he's saying to be humble, right? But how do you be humble if you don't know that you're proud? Uh, Because pride is deceptive. And often those who are proud don't know that they're proud. Uh, And so how do you be humble if you don't know that you're proud? And I think that's where self-awareness can step in. Uh, It's about being aware of who you are, aware of your behaviors, of your actions and your habits, uh, and to know where those behaviors, actions, and habits come from. So like when regards to the scripture, how do we uh, not think about ourselves high, more highly than we ought to think? Well, we need to be self-aware enough to understand that we're proud in the first place. And then the second scripture in Ephesians, Paul talks about putting off the old self, which belongs to uh, the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. And the question there is, well, how do you put on the new self when you don't even realize that you're living in the old self? Because this is the problem, I think, with a lot of people, particularly Christians, particularly anyone really, is um, is they try to live a Christian life, or we try to live this Christian life, putting on the new self, thinking that we have, when in reality we're still living in the old self, and we don't even realize that we're doing it. Um that we think that we're being humble, but we're still riddled with pride. And we don't see that. We don't. So, so this is what self-awareness is all about. It's about asking ourselves honest questions about where we're at at life uh, and what can we do to improve and what can we do to grow and what can we do to move forward. 
So what is self-awareness? Um, self-awareness, I've written a small definition of it, uh, which I think can explain it quite well. And it says this, self-awareness is to know yourself in a way that is rooted in reality rather than rooted in your own perceptions. It's to know yourself in a way that's rooted in reality rather than rooted in your own perceptions. What do I mean by that? Well, what happens in life is that when we experience trauma or uh, situations around us or regarding us when we're children all the way through to adulthood, um, we gain certain perceptions of, of how we see the world and especially how we see ourselves. I'm sure you've heard the analogy about the rose-tinted glasses. So it's like we put on a pair of rose-tinted glasses, right? Uh, and everything that we see is rose. And it's the same thing. We, we put on these rose-tinted glasses right from childhood. And, that's, and it's through those glasses that we, that we perceive the world as well as perceive ourselves. Some of those perceptions are correct, but the problem is, is that a lot of those perceptions are not correct. Uh, and we can end up having a lot of warped perceptions of who we are and of how we see the world. And so self-awareness is about seeing the world through the eyes of truth, and more importantly, seeing ourselves through the eyes of truth. Uh, self-awareness, it's about asking ourselves the questions, who really am I as a person in reality? Not how I see myself, because that's perception, but who actually am I as a person in reality? Um, what are my behaviors? What are my thought patterns? What are my mindsets? Which ones are correct and which ones are incorrect? Which ones are healthy and which ones are unhealthy? Um, it's about self-awareness. is about asking what are the flaws in my life that I could change and that I would change if I'm willing to? Um, what are the behaviors that I am exercising that are detrimental to my life, that are bringing destruction if I don't stop them now? Uh, and likewise, I mean, it could be what are the behaviors in my life that, are, that I'm doing well that are leading me to, to a whole self or leading me to to goodness in life. Uh, and so that's what self-awareness is about. And it's something which I'm sure a lot of people just have not been able to grasp or don't know to grasp. And I think that's where it's a bit of a travesty is that, I, well, let's put it this way. What I find tragic is talking to people who are in their 50s or 60s or even 70s or even 80s who, um, who exercise certain behaviors which are based on trauma and based on personality, which they could have nipped in the bud decades ago, but they haven't because they don't know this stuff. And so they spend their lives going around the same mountains over and over and over again. And a lot of them don't even realize that they're doing it. And it's a travesty because I sit there thinking, this is something you could have dealt with decades ago if you just knew about self-awareness. Uh, and we're willing, and not just know about self-awareness, but to have the courage and the bravery to face the truth about yourself and so you don't want to be in that position in life. You want to be able to, uh, to, to nip these things in the bud as soon as you can. And I'm, I'm not just talking to young people. I'm talking to anyone at any, at any age. Uh, it's never too late to, to start dealing with this stuff. So in a way, self-awareness is not just about knowing yourself, but it's knowing why you are the way that you are. So it's not just knowing that you are an angry person, it's understanding why you are an angry person. Or it's not just knowing that you're a people pleaser, it's about understanding why you are a people pleaser. And we're going to go right into that uh, further along in the episode. So uh, here's another definition here. Self-awareness is the ability to be aware of your thoughts, habits, and behaviors, as well as recognizing the underlying beliefs that these thoughts, habits, and behaviors come from. 
inside your life. So like I just said before, it's not just about understanding what your behaviors are, but it's about understanding why you behave in that certain way. So self-awareness is about recognizing your thoughts, your habits, and your behaviors, what they are in your life, how they're manifesting in your life, but also understanding where those thoughts, habits, and behaviors come from, particularly in regards to belief systems. Uh, And normally a lot of that is dictated by personality and by trauma. So we're going to go into all of that. Uh, when it comes to self-awareness, there are two categories that, that I want to look at. There's internal self-awareness and there's external self-awareness. And I think it's great to break it down between the two because, um, because there are a lot of people who can understand themselves and know w- what they are like inside, but they don't understand how other people perceive them. Likewise, there are people who can understand how other people perceive them, but they don't understand necessarily uh, why they think the way that they think ex- etc. And so what's the difference between the two? Uh, Internal self-awareness is to understand your own mind, motivations, behaviors, and thinking, and where that thinking comes from. It's all internal. It's all inside. Working out everything about yourself, uh, who you are, why you think the way that you think, why you behave the way that you behave. Whereas external self-awareness, which we're going to be talking about next episode, um, is all about understanding yourself from other people's perspectives. It's about looking at yourself from the outside in. Uh, It's about asking yourself the question, what is it like to be on the receiving end of me? And so that's external self-awareness. Okay, cool. So let's go into internal self-awareness. So like I mentioned before, internal self-awareness is about understanding your thoughts, your habits, and your behaviors, what they are, but also where those thoughts and habits and behaviors come from. I think the best way to do this would probably be through example and through analogy. So let's say that you are an angry person. So you are someone who quite often is very defensive, someone who uh, doesn't like people disagreeing with them, or if someone disagrees with them, you let them know, um, you scream, you shout, um, you you berate other people, you become very defensive, you become volatile, you're very ag- an aggressive person. Quite often, a lot of outbursts of wrath, outbursts of anger. Um, you seem uncontrollable sometimes, uh, and and very frightful. It can be frightful experiences for people because you're just a, genuinely an angry person. Let's say that's you, okay? Yay, wonderful. <laughs> so the first step would be to understand what the behavior actually is, because you might have someone who, well, for example, you might be an angry person. You might launch into an absolute tirade against someone because they disagreed with you. Uh, and then walk away huffing and puffing, storming off. And someone may say to you, gosh, why were you so angry? And you might respond by saying, I wasn't angry. Uh, and then that's the first step, uh, is actually recognizing the behavior that you're exercising. Because there'll be a lot of people who don't even realize that they're angry. Uh, and that's like a complete self, uh, a complete lack of self-awareness, I should say. Um, that's like self-awareness on one end, of the spectrum where you are completely unaware of yourself, uh, where you don't even recognize the behaviors that you're exercising towards yourself and towards other people. So again, let's say you're an angry person. That would be the first step is to recognize that you're an angry person. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have probably made it to that step where you might be an angry person and you might understand and know that you're an angry person, but I'm sure that a lot of people wouldn't understand why they are angry. So let's break that down. When it comes to our behaviors particularly, 
uh, and how we behave in a certain way, a lot of it comes down to personality and trauma mixed together. So if you're an angry person, from a personality perspective, it's likely that you would be someone who is um, highly neurotic, uh, which is basically someone who is uh, more prone to experiencing negative emotion uh, far more than most people. So naturally, you're a volatile person. Naturally, you experience negative emotion far more than a lot of other people. And that's part of your personality, which is, to a degree, unchangeable. Um, so you might be a highly neurotic person. Likewise, you might be a, a, a very disagreeable person, uh, which means that you are more likely, just from a personality perspective, to place other people's needs. No, sorry. You're more likely to place your needs before other people. So you're more likely to be more self-absorbed, to be a bit more self-centered, uh, and to put your needs before other people's. So if you're a disagreeable person, and as well as highly neurotic, in terms of personality, uh, then you're going to be more prone to be an angry person. And that's just from a personality perspective. So then you mix that with trauma. Let's say as a child, you've, you were often ignored by your parents, or, or maybe um, your needs weren't met in a way that they should have been met as a child. Um, your parents would ignore you, your parents wouldn't listen to you, you felt like you had to scream and shout in order to get any sort of attention, otherwise you would feel like you're going to die, quite literally, like you see it as a threat, quite literally, it's the, um, uh, the, the engagement of the nervous system with the fight, flight and freeze, so you feel like you have to always fight in order to get, gain attention and for your needs to be met, otherwise you're not going to survive. So what happens is that if those needs aren't met as a child, is that then that continues on into adulthood, so... So you may uh, resort into screaming and, and having a tantrum and shouting and yelling as an adult in order to get your way uh, because that's how you've always done it as a child uh, because that threat is still there and it hasn't been dealt with. So what happens is when you bring that personality together with that trauma, that kind of uh, dictates for the most part how you're going to behave in life and what your behaviours will be. And when I say your behaviours, I mean your autopilot, natural inclination behaviors, uh, not behaviors that you consciously think about, but behaviors that will come natural to you, uh, which is a mix of personality and trauma. So in saying all of that, that is an example of what self-awareness is, is understanding all of that. It's about understanding why you behave the way that you do. Um, that as an angry person, you're not just angry because you're angry, that you're not just behaving this way because that's just the way that I am, because that's not true. It's not right. Uh, you behave, there, there are certain reasons why you behave the way that you behave. And when you understand those reasons, then that's a step forward towards self-awareness. Uh, another example of this could be people pleasing. So you might find yourself, um, you might, well, you might be a warm person, a lovely person, a nice person, very accommodating to people. Um, you might be naturally someone who puts other people's needs before your own, that you're always out blessing people, you're always out helping people, uh, doing things for them that they should be doing themselves. Uh, we'll go into that in next season about um, boundaries. Um, and, and, and so naturally, you, you, that, that's who you are. You're always out to please people, always out to make peace, always out to make sure everybody is happy, playing happy families, okay? So you might ask yourself the question, okay, well, why are you that way? And like we said with the angry person, well, you can take it from a personality perspective and then from a trauma perspective as well. So from a personality perspective, you might actually be quite similar to the angry person in the regard, well, in the sense that 
you could be someone who is highly neurotic, as in you might be someone who uh, is more prone to experiencing negative emotion than most people. Uh, in this case, anxiety rather than rage. Um, so you might be a fearful person. And the difference with the angry person is whereas the angry person was disagreeable, you might be a very agreeable person, meaning that you're more likely to put other people's needs before your own. And that's something which, like I said, for the most part is unchangeable because it's, it's, it's part of your personality, it's part of who you are. So naturally you're an agreeable person. So you take that agreeableness and you take that anxiety uh, that you experience with that negative emotion, what you're going to want to do is to minimize that negative emotion and therefore use your agreeableness to do that. In other words, people please. Uh, and that's purely just from a personality point of view. So then from a traumatic point of view, from your trauma, from childhood or from whatever part of your life, okay, well, you might ask yourself the question, why do I people please? Well, I, I do that because it makes me feel safe. Okay, so then you ask yourself the question, and you do this honestly. You, when, you, when you ask these questions, you, you go into the truth and you, you do these honestly, and they can be quite confronting. You ask, has there ever been a significant moment in your life where you felt like you weren't validated or you weren't safe? And you might think, okay, uh, yeah, sure. Perhaps there was a time when I was 10 years old when you know, I went to go play basketball with my friends, but because I'm not very good at sport, they didn't allow me to play or they didn't want me to play. And so I, I went away went home feeling depressed and feeling sad and feeling rejected. And then when I got home, maybe mum was, uh, you know, out with, with my brother at soccer practice and my dad was racing out the door with my sister to take her to the dentist. Uh, and they left me alone, uh, seemingly forgot about me, I suppose, sitting on the couch crying, you know, or, or whatever. And then they come home an hour later and I'm on the couch crying and they, they wonder what's wrong. And, and you, you experienced such a, feeling of rejection and and, and and invalidation and like your needs have far from being met, uh, which can be a very traumatic experience. So then you might ask yourself the question, okay, so how did that make you feel? Well, that whole situation, it, it made me feel rejected. Right, okay, so then you might ask, how did that rejection feel? Well, it felt awful, obviously. No one likes to be rejected. So... Is it possible that the feeling of rejection that you felt in that moment and in many other moments of your life was so painful and so traumatic that you wish never to experience it again? Therefore, you attempt to people-please as much as you can to supposedly minimize the risk of being rejected? Yes. <laughs> so in this case, perhaps your proclivity to please people stems from a deep fear of being rejected. And so to know all this stuff is internal self-awareness. And it can be quite heavy at times, which is why I recommend that with things like this, particularly that pertain to trauma, it's a good idea to unpack this with the counsellor. Um, but this is what self-awareness is all about. It's about understanding what your behaviours are, for example, to, to people please, and why you behave in that way, to minimise the risk of being rejected. And so what happens is that at this point, you can, you can spot yourself in action, and you can see yourself, perhaps if you're wanting to please someone, maybe maybe a friend, you might bless, be blessing a friend, doing lots of things for them, uh, complimenting them, um, and, and just putting their needs before your own. But you might catch yourself 
doing it in a way not because you love them and because you just want to be a good person, but you're doing it because you don't want to feel rejected. And when you recognize that, that's what self-awareness is all about. You can go, aha, I'm doing this because I don't want to be rejected. Uh, and at, at that point, you can replace the lies with truth. What do I mean by that? Well, what happens is that when we experience trauma in our lives, whether it's from childhood or from whenever, whatever part of our lives, is that that trauma can hack into our belief system and create uh, all sorts of incorrect beliefs that we carry on into adulthood. Things like I'm not wanted or no one cares about me, these kind of shame scripts. Um, no one likes me. Um, I'm not worthy of anything. I, I, I'm, I've, I'm a mistake. Um, people can't stand me or whatever, or I'm going to be rejected. Um, I, I'm a failure. All of these things, these incorrect belief systems that, that, that uh, operate in our mind that are linked directly to this trauma. And so what we need to do is we need to address those belief systems because what happens is those beliefs and those mindsets, most of the part or most of the time are, are, are subconscious. We don't recognize that they're there. We just naturally autopilot think about them in a way. Um, and so it's so self-awareness is about going to the root and addressing these. And we'll talk about that in a separate episode. But, um, but it's recognizing what the mindsets are that are driving these behaviors, driving your behavior to be a people pleaser. It's because you don't want to be rejected. And then at that point, you can address it and replace it with truth. For example, uh, you might think, well, I'm feeling lonely and invalidated. So you remind yourself, I'm loved and accepted in Christ. He took total rejection from God so that I would never be rejected by him. I'm surrounded by people who love me and seek the highest good in my life. And even if I wasn't, I still have Christ who loved me enough to die for me the death that I deserve to die and that I'm never rejected in him. And so when you speak that truth and replace that lie with that truth, then that can help you. And it, it can help you to alter your behaviors <laughs> so that you can please people in a way that is healthy, not because you don't want to be rejected, but because you genuinely care and, and genuinely love them. So um, that's a lot. But all that to say is that that is what self-awareness, internal self-awareness is about. It's about understanding the thoughts, the habits, and the behaviors in your life and what is actually driving those thoughts, habits, and behaviors, the belief system, uh, and your personality, and your trauma, okay? Because this is what self-awareness is all about. It's about recognizing that you are not your thoughts. And I think this is the biggest mistake that a lot of people make, is that they believe that they are their thoughts, that whatever thoughts come to their mind, that they have to act on them. Um, I think a lot of people believe that they can't help but be who they are. And what they mean by that is they can't help but behave the way that they behave, which is totally incorrect. And that you absolutely can control the way that you behave and your natural thoughts and your natural habits. Because like I said, what happens is trauma hacks the belief system, which means that we have these thoughts that come into our mind uh, in an autopilot kind of way. You have these knee-jerk reactions that... that are natural that you feel like you can't control, but you can control if you understand where they come from. Uh, you know, in other words, an angry person isn't always going to be an angry person. You know, if you're if you're a people pleaser, you don't have to be a people pleaser in a way that's unhealthy. Uh, you you can you can change those behaviors, but the way that you do that is by addressing the thoughts and the habits that you have in your mind first, and the traumas as well. 
Okay, so I hope that's helped you a lot. Uh, kind of an introduction into uh, self-awareness from an internal perspective. So a good way to think about it, just to summarize, like I said, would be if you find yourself behaving in a way that's detrimental to your life, whether it's um, being a workaholic, whether it's being a people pleaser, being someone who's angry, um, someone who is uh, always jealous or is always bitter or resentful. Um, to look at these behaviors, ask yourself, first of all, to recognize what they are. Second of all, to ask yourself where these behaviors come from. And you can look at that from a personality perspective and from a traumatic perspective. Uh, and then when you start to recognize and ask yourself those honest questions, why you behave the way that you do, that'll bring incredible power to your life. Okay, so that's internal self-awareness, the ability to recognize and understand our thoughts, habits, and behaviors, but also recognize and understand the subconscious belief systems of where those thoughts, behaviors, and actions and habits come from. Okay, thanks so much for joining us on Real Talk with Kane Adams. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking all about external self-awareness, which is uh, about how other people perceive you. Um, and so that's going to be a fantastic episode. Really looking forward to it. We'll see you there.